This podcast is a service of Bridgeway Community Church in Rockford, Michigan. Thanks for listening. Here's today's message. I get to bring a, a message titled Battlefield to you this morning. And again, it's Youth Sunday. Maybe you were greeted by a young student on your way in. They might they might have literally said, sup, dude, as you walked in. Don't worry, that's just their lingo a little bit. Uh, but they, they're just been, they're a part of this service this morning in, in a lot of cool ways. We've, as you've seen, maybe you were greeted by them, or they were in, some of them were in the worship team. We've got them running sound and running video and slides and everything. And some of them might even be a part of my message We'll have to wait and see, but I'm just grateful for our students and the ways they've just gotten involved in in the life of this church. And so I'm actually going to do something that we do in youth group with you here this morning as adults. And so I, I need this. I asked you a moment ago if you had life within you this morning. I hope that you do because I'm going to ask for a little bit of participation. Now, don't, don't worry, I'm not going to ask the rest of you to come up on stage either, but what I am going to do is ask for you, can you all do this for me real quick? It's, can you do this? Can you raise your, awesome, you are alive. Some of you still haven't had your morning coffee, but you are alive and kicking. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little icebreaker like we do in student ministry. I'm going to put some hot take statements up on the screen, meaning they're maybe a little divisive. And what I need you to do is I'm going to ask you if you agree with that statement, and then I'm going to ask you if that wasn't you, if you disagree with that statement. I need you to raise your hands if it applies to you, all right? So here's your first hot take statement. Here it is. Country music is bad. Do you agree? Raise your hand if you agree. Okay. All right, now I need you to raise your hand if you disagree. Yeah, there it is. There it is. I knew, I knew there was a little redneck in, in this audience. <laughs> what, what is it about us Michigan? There's something in the Michigan water, I swear, where it's like, country music. Like, we lo- like there's something about it. I'm not quite there yet, but uh, some of you are trying to convert me. We'll see if you have any luck. But that's the first one. Let's go to our next one and see what it is. A hot dog is a sandwich. Agree? Raise your hand if you agree. Yes. There's a couple. Yes. There's a couple weird ones out there. Uh, raise your hand if you disagree. Ah, okay. Maybe not quite as divisive. Um, some of you are looking at uh, your loved ones today like, you think a hot dog's a sandwich? Since when, right? All right, let's look at our third one here. Ah, this might be truly divisive. The Bachelor is a terrible TV show. Raise your hand if you agree. Wow. Okay, a lot of men with their hands raised, uh, but some women as well. Raise your hand if you disagree because you think The Bachelor is great, right? This, I knew it. I knew it. Yeah, I get it. No, I mean, you don't get a rose today. I'm sorry, but that's okay. We're going to, all right, so here's the fourth one and our last one. This one's really divisive. Water is wet. Raise your hand if you agree. Okay, see this? Oh, wow, a lot of people. Raise your hand if you disagree. All right, there's a, yeah, there's a little bit of both, right? Water, water is wet. That's one of my favorite ones. I swear people will, people haven't thought about that one before, and they're like, wait, what? Like, I haven't even given this consideration. Is water wet? Is it? I, and so here's, here's the deal. I had you do that, re, I had you do that this morning for a reason, and that, that reason is this. Isn't it interesting how many things we can disagree with people on? That, like, again, some of you came in here this morning and you sat down, and you did not know that your spouse loved The Bachelor. Maybe you probably did, right? But 
Some of you, some of you are like, what? Like, we disagree on that? I don't even, I didn't even know that they felt that way. So here's the deal. I, I think this is important to recognize that, that if we disagree on trivial things like a hot dog, then maybe we disagree on way more important things that go beyond just a hot dog, right? Like imagine the amount of things that we can disagree or we're going to disagree with people on everywhere else in life beyond just these trivial things. And that means this. I think it's important to recognize that disagreeing with someone isn't rare. And most of you already know this. Disagreeing with someone isn't rare. It's actually extremely common. And yet so often, I I believe we seem to make rookie mistakes in these moments of handling them instead of handling them like the true veterans that we should be handling them like because we deal with disagreements sometimes every single day. We sometimes, uh, we just let disagreements turn into just full-blown conflicts. And here's where I want to bring in our, our, our verse for this morning, our overarching scripture for, verse for this morning, and it comes from the book of Ephesians. We're going to look at chapter 4. It's a short verse. It's verse 3. But just because it's short doesn't mean that it's powerful. And here's what it says, Ephesians 4, 3. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. You know, even even though we are called to keep peace as humans, as, as Jesus followers, I just believe that we often choose to go to war when it comes to disagreements instead. But I want you to do this. I want you to I want you to put that verse in your brain's filing cabinet because we're gonna rifle back through that later and pull it out a little bit later as we come full circle. Right now, I, I want to I think of this. You see, when we go to war with someone, we, I believe we all react to it in different ways. One of those ways, I think we become the Incredible Hulk. Avery, buddy, hey, what are you, what are you eating there? Uh, it's a crayon. Ah, I see. Okay, I, I need you. Can you please, can I please have the crayon? We're not supposed to eat well, crayons. No, no, I'm going to eat the crayon. Okay, I understand you want to, Avery, but I'm no, asking you it's, nicely. It's good. Please... I want the crayon. No, no, no. I... Okay, I've asked nicely. Avery, I need you to give me the crayon. No, it's, it's my crayon. Avery, I'm going to eat the crayon. I want the crayon. I want the crayon. See, some, I think he actually threw the crayon back there. <laughs> you see, some of us, we let the inner child inside of us out when we deal with conflict. You know what I'm talking about. I have a three-year-old right now, so I get this immensely in my life almost every single day. We just let, we just flip the switch. That when we get into a battle with somebody, we let that inner child out. We let that rage monster within us out for a moment. And we see ourselves become somebody that just a minute ago we weren't. And it's just, it's, it's slightly crazy at times because we go, what did I just do? But maybe you don't hulkify in those moments. And let the Incredible Hulk out. And if, if that's not you, maybe you find yourself to be the stuffer. Audrey, hey, um, listen, I know I, I said something the other day to you that really, I've I just been thinking about it and I just don't feel right about it. I, I just want to make sure that you're okay. I know you know what I'm talking about. Oh, no, I'm fine. I'm great. But no, I don't, I don't think you understand. Like, I, I want you to know that I'm sorry. Like, and I, I want you to know that you can talk to me about it. Oh, I'm, I'm totally fine. How, how are you doing? 
I'm, I'm okay, but no, forget about me. I want to make sure that you're okay because you don't seem fine. I want to make sure that you really are okay with it. I, I am a-okay. You're, okay. You're sure, okay. Maybe you find yourself as the stuffer where when it comes to a battle with somebody, you just bottle everything up inside and you don't want to deal with it in front or with the other person. You'd rather just keep it into yourself. You don't like to process things out loud with other people. And so you think, if I just bottle this up inside, then I, maybe I just won't even have to deal with it at some point. And you hope and you hope and you hope that it doesn't get to the point of pressure within you that you turn into the Incredible Hulk when everything explodes. But maybe you don't do either of those. Maybe instead you find yourself being the everything is great person. Avery, dude, hey, you had the interview. Did, I, how did you? I, no, I, I didn't. I didn't get the job. No. No. Uh, but no. Hey, hey, it's dude. fine. I'm totally fine. I, you know, I didn't even want that job. Okay, it was like it was stupid. It was. I didn't want. I'm fine. Listen, no, yeah. man. I know how much passion you had for. I know how much you wanted this. Dude. No, I am so no, sorry. no. Don't be ridiculous. I'm totally like it was not a big. I'm fine. I'm fine. All right. I'm fine. Okay. I'm fine. Hey. I'm fine. Okay. I'm, I'm fine. Okay. And maybe that's you, where instead of letting it blow up, instead of bottling it inside, you'd rather prefer to act like it never existed in your life. And you move through moments of life where you go, if I just convince myself that it never happened, that I never wanted it, that I never felt that way about it, that I wasn't hurt by it, then maybe it, it won't actually hurt me now. And yet, lastly, if, if those three, that's not you, then, I don't know, maybe you find yourself as the stealth attacker when it comes to conflict with somebody. Audrey, hey, uh, I just, this is, a, you're just the person I wanted to see. I just got done chatting with Rachel. Yeah, I know. But, but she told me that you guys, you had this big blow up, and yet she said that you guys fixed it, that you made up, everything's good now. She told you that? Yeah, she literally just told me that. I cannot believe this. Okay, yeah, I've been hanging out with her, but honestly, she smells like beef and cheese. I'm not joking. <laughs> what? She smells like beef and cheese? What, what yeah. does that even mean? Like, I don't, okay, I'm just, I'm just confused because I literally just talked to her, and she said everything was simpatico between you guys. Everything was good. Is that not how it went down? <laughs> she must sit on the throne of lies because there is no way I would forgive her that easily for what she did. Okay, I'm, I'm literally shocked because she said that you handled it really well and you guys are like best of friends again. <laughs> she is the most narcissistic girl you will ever meet. I'm sure she just said that to make herself seem like some big hero. Okay, Audrey. You didn't hear that from no, me. No, that can't be. Audrey. <laughs> you see, sometimes... We have moments where we have conflict. It rises up in our lives with somebody. And instead of dealing with it face-to-face -face with the person, we actually act like everything's okay with them. When on the inside, we've got a truth inside of us of how we feel that we're not willing to let out to them. And when we do that, we sometimes just take it to other people. And we see ourselves just saying things about a person that we weren't actually willing to say to their face and we just talk poorly about people behind their backs. You see, anytime conflict shows up at your door and you respond to it in one of those ways, 
it always ends up creating more stress in your life. But we, I do, I truly believe this, that we can be different. That as Christ followers, we should be different. Because conflict, you know this already. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. Conflict is never going away. It will always be a part of life. You know this. And yet I found this. I I can't control other people. I can't control other people. But I can control how I react to them. See, I don't even think that conflict itself destroys our relationships. I believe it's our response to conflict that destroys relationships. And for a lot of us, our responses, they can just get nasty, can't they? They can just get hostile. But I believe Jesus gives us a great place to start when it comes to our response when battles arise in our life. So often we're so quick to just want to talk poorly about somebody behind their backs because it's easier to do and we think it makes us feel better and yet we see a different route, a different path to take when we read scripture. And when we're frustrated with somebody, we're actually called to just a higher pathway than the the one that we fall into so many times because Jesus gives us a much better route and this is what he says, he's He's talking to the disciples in the book of Matthew here, and and we're going to look at chapter 18, verses 15 and 16. And as Jesus is talking to the disciples, he says this, if another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. But if you are unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again. So that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. We see right here in, in, in Scripture that Jesus gives us this roadmap into how to health, how to deal with conflict in a healthy way. And yet so often we naturally don't want to do this exact thing that will lead us to a better result. And when you look at that scripture, I, I think it's pretty obvious that Jesus dealt with plenty of conflict himself. That, that Jesus, he traveled around with 12 disciples for three years without knowing where they were going to sleep, without knowing where they were, the next meal was going to come from, and at times even having to run away from angry mobs. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a life full of all sort of conflict, and so Jesus did not live a conflict-free life. So before we move on, I think we can all take comfort in the fact that when Jesus teaches us to live at peace with others, he actually can relate to any conflict that we go through in life. I want you to do this for a moment. I want you to think about the last big disagreement you had with somebody. Maybe... You did take the right first step, and you kept the issue between you and them. But now as as you're progressing through the conflict, everything's just starting to blow up. Presentation for the board today? It's going to be great. Oh, that that was today. Boy, I look pretty stupid right now. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. You have your stuff, right? See, it's a funny story. I did think about doing my stuff. Think about? So you don't have your stuff at all? No. What, did, 
The meeting is today. We need to present today. This is our jobs on the line. I was going to get promoted for this thing. What's the big idea? There's Who needs that promotion? Who needs the promotion? What? I don't want to be stuck behind my desk in some low-budget organization all well, my maybe life. maybe if you weren't breathing down my neck. Breathing down your neck. I don't know what you're talking about. All right, you know what? What? I'll do it myself. No, you, we have to work together on this. Don't run away. You see, in, in moments of tension, when the tensions are rising, right, and you're at massive odds with somebody, there's no manual that says this is exactly how you deal with this in this moment. And it feels like you're left to deal with it completely on your own, which means you probably deal with conflict in one of two ways. The first way is you deal with conflict the same way that it's been modeled for you. Meaning you follow in the footsteps of how you saw your family deal with conflict. And, and that can be a good thing, or that could be a not so good thing. But you grew up with the people obviously who raised you, and you got to see modeled for you over and over and over again how they dealt with conflict. And so you naturally just took on their attributes when it dealt with fighting battles. Or, or maybe... You deal with it in the same way as the person on the other side of the battle line. However they act, you follow their lead. They yell, you yell. They get sarcastic, you get sarcastic back. They take it public and let a bunch of people know about it and talk about it. So you do the exact same thing so you can get more people in on your side. You see, no matter what the argument was about or how you chose to respond, one thing is always constant. You thought you were right, and they were wrong. And I know this to be true because I've done the exact same thing. When I find myself in conflict, there's so many times I'm like, why don't they see it the way that I see it? Clearly, if if I just show them the light, then they'll know how this works. The reality is this. When it comes to disagreements in our lives, we love to be right. We're fighting to prove we're right or or to prove our point. And usually the point that we're making, it seems so obvious to us. Like, oh, he's so overbearing. Or she doesn't listen to me. He doesn't listen to my side of the story. Well, they shouldn't have done that. And typically when we find ourselves in those situations, it's always he or she or they. And so the problem is this, the more we fight to be right or to prove that we're right, the more our relationships suffer. And even after we've made our point or even convinced the other person that we were right, a lot of times we're just left with nothing but pain or regret or confusion over how the situation was handled. So what do we do about it? This is a topic that I've been chatting with our students about off and on throughout this school year because it's just been an interesting one, right? We're in the middle of this year where we're in community and we're out. And then after a while, we're back in and then we're back out. And when we get reintroduced to seeing people face to face, we remember that life with other people gets messy. So what do we do about it when this stuff rises up in our lives? The good news is this. What we're talking about this morning can actually set us up to change the way we view fighting forever. And I want to I do this. I want you to reach back into that, that file in your memory and pull out that verse that I brought up earlier. We're going to come full circle with it here. 
And, and it's, that verse is written by the Apostle Paul, and he's writing a letter to the church in Ephesus. And again, it's just, I just think it's so profound and so much, so I want to read it again, and then I want to break it down. It was Ephesians 4, verse 3, and it says, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So let's, be, let's break that down, because each part is so important to the whole picture. The first part, make every effort. You see, usually in a fight, we make every effort to win the argument or make our point, like I said a moment ago. We usually don't make every effort to fight, toward, fight for peace. Usually that's kind of the last thing on our minds. We think peace means proving to the other person that we were right. But Paul talks about throwing our every effort into something different. So make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit. The unity of the spirit. See, unity may not seem like a big deal, but it is. Being unified, I believe it creates stronger relationships and healthier people. Constantly being at odds with people around us, I believe it makes us weaker, overly defensive, and just generally unhappy people. But Paul is saying instead of fighting against a person, we need to be fighting for peace with them. And that last part. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. This is it right here. In a world that loves conflict, and we know that we live in one that does, we need to, as Christ followers, we need to be people who choose something different, who choose something unique, who choose something that just points everybody back to God, something that can only be traced back to God, because we as people... We're flawed. We do make mistakes. But making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace, that doesn't point people to us. It points people to Jesus, somebody much stronger than us. You see, conflict comes down to this. It comes down to wanting our way, doesn't it? Like, think about any fight or battle you've been in with somebody in your life. Usually why we're upset is because whatever is happening is not happening the way we want it to, and we're essentially not getting our way in that battle. So we throw fits. We say words we don't mean. We get heated. We let our emotions just take over. But Paul introduces a new way of approaching the battlefield for us, and it starts with a question that you can ask yourself when a fight breaks out in your life. Am I fighting to be right, or am I fighting for the relationship? And yet I, I get this. Trust me, I get it. There are, there are relationships in our lives where, man, they've, they've fallen apart. And so it, it's not always pretty. And, and some things feel like they can't be salvaged. And yet I do. I think Paul and I think Jesus is calling us to a greater calling. One that says, you know what? The result might not end up the way you want or hope it to be. But what matters is how you handle this with this person, how you present yourself, how you carry yourself, how you show me to the other person through this. Am I fighting to be right or am I fighting for the relationship? You see, this is where I want to look again at that passage in Ephesians. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Make every effort to approach conflict differently than everyone else. You see, the Spirit of God is one that above everything else 
guides us to assign value to other people by loving them. Even people who will never agree with us. I, I think we buy into this thing in our minds sometimes that just because we disagree with somebody means like they're the enemy, but I want to tell you they're not. The real enemy just wants us to think that they are. And so my hope and prayer is this, church, this morning, if, if you're listening to this message and you've decided this morning that, that loving somebody is better than making a point, then here are a few things, just a couple of things that I think we all can think about, myself included, the next time we face a fight. Here's the first thing that we can think about. I think we got to think about ourselves for a moment. Now, this seems backwards, right? Like in, in our society, we're usually told, hey, no, no, you need to think of other people first, put other people before yourself. And that's true. But in this case, I think it's important when you're in the middle of conflict to think about you. Recognize that Scripture and God tells you that you're valuable no matter who wins the argument. And then why it's most important to think about you in this is because you can, you can think about how you react to the conflict. And you can ask yourself the questions, how can I react in a humble way? How can I make an effort to make peace with this person? Again, even if we don't find ourselves being the best of friends afterwards. How can I show Jesus to this other person through this disagreement? And then once you've thought about your role, think about them. The same value that you, just, that you know is assigned to you because God says it is, belongs to them as well. They're valuable as well. And so then we can think about, we can ask ourselves the questions, how can I treat them in a way that shows them that they're valuable? Even though we're at each other's throats in this moment, or so it seems so. How can I treat them in a way that shows them they're valuable even though we disagree? How can I talk to them that, that in a way that just communicates love even if I disagree with you? And, and it shows them that, hey, I do think you're valuable even though we don't see eye to eye on this, I'm going to communicate in a way that proves to you, I believe you are valuable. Think about them. And as we close this morning, I want us to think about this. What if we were right all the time? What if you were right all the time? Would it make you more popular? <laughs> Would it make you more loved? Like, again, in, I think to youth ministry, like, if you think back even to when you were in high school, like, if you were right all the time, would people sign your yearbook and say, wow, I loved being in school with you. You made people feel so stupid when they disagreed with you. Good luck. <laughs> Hope life's good. You go back to, you go back, you think back to, like, dating days, right? And you, you like, see somebody else, and, and you're like, wow, the way they yell at their mom He's so cute. <laughs> right? Right? Like you just, it sounds crazy, but we find ourselves living life this way. That we currently live our lives this way when it comes to battles, right? That we think we need to be right because proving ourselves right on everything will be an ultimately good result. Is it? And so here's, here's my last point this morning. And I, this is not really ironic because I hate math. But yet I always, if you've ever heard me preach before, I always end up with some formula. <laughs> making peace is greater than making a point. 
Making peace is greater than making a point. I get it. You you might be in the middle of a battle that feels insurmountable. It feels like no matter what happens at the end of it, it's just going to end in shambles. So you'll why? What's the what's the point? I want to challenge you this morning to go and make peace. Not because I'm saying it, but because Jesus gives us the perfect roadmap and how to handle conflict. And yet so many times we just overlook it. And as Christians, I, I believe this. I believe we should be the most peaceful people around. That we really shouldn't be rattled by a whole lot because we just know because Jesus said that life is going to have these things in it. That's going to be a part of life. We should be the most peaceful people on the planet. We should make Mr. Rogers look like a complete jerk. (laughs) I believe we're called to that. You see, when conflict arises in your life, I want to encourage all of us this morning, myself included, by saying, don't sit in it and try to win it for yourself. Because you'll end up stuck in a moment and you won't be able to move past it. You all have lived this before. You've been stuck in a battle before. And the battle never leaves your mind. It just eats away. You think about it and think about it think about it. I, could, I should say this. I should do that. How could they mistreat me? You'll end up being stuck in the moment and not move past it. Christ doesn't call us to live a life like that. I believe that we should all be able to learn from conflict. We should all be able to learn, to to listen to Paul's words and to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace because that's who Jesus was. It's then that I believe life keeps moving, and guess what? You get to go with it. I believe that we worship a God that fights our battles for us. I really do. All you got to do is look, open your Bibles up to Exodus 14. You'll, you'll literally read that in there, that God will fight your battles for you if you just learn to rest in him. And so my, my prayer this morning and my hope this morning, church, is this. No matter what battle you're in in life, you recognize that you worship and follow a God that's so much bigger than that battle. So much bigger. As a matter of fact, you, you, might, be, you might be stuck in a moment that God's calling you to let go. And I get it. Some of that's hard to let go. Maybe it's not the right moment to let go. Maybe, you're, maybe you still got some fighting left to do in the battle. But what are you fighting for? You're fighting for you? Are you fighting for the unity that God calls you to, the peace that God calls us to? And that's hard. And yet sometimes we've been holding up our swords for so long that we're doing more damage than if we just lay them down and look to strike peace with another person. Making peace is so much greater than making a point because that's who our God is. Church, would you pray with me this morning? Father, I, I'm, I am just so grateful that you give us opportunities to grow. That you give us opportunities to grow. There's moments in life where we're in conflict and battle and fights with people where it just feels like we've got to prove ourselves. We've got to prove ourselves. Yet God, my prayer 
my prayer this morning is that we take ourselves out of the equation, God, that we don't want to prove anything about ourselves, but God, we more be, we'd be more concerned about proving something about who you are to other people. Because God, you're so good. God, you're so much bigger than those conflicts. God, you're so much greater than the moments of high tension. And so, God, I pray that this morning, that we can come to you, that we, when we step foot on the battlefield, that we see the battlefield differently. We see it through the lens of you and your son, because you sent him for peace. And so, God, we just love you this morning. We're grateful for the peace that you bring, and my prayer is that that we can just continue to carry that through our lives so that people see you differently. People see you for who you are and not who we are earthly carnal flesh but God I want to pee, pee, I want to point people towards heaven so God we just worship and praise you this morning knowing that we have an opportunity to look towards heaven right now in this moment and simply praise you for who you are and it's who you are in Jesus name that we pray amen this podcast is a service of Bridgeway Community Church in Rockford Michigan visit bridgewaycommunity.org for more information and other messages